The Free for All Roundtable. Round two. On round two, let's say good morning to Pavan Broch, part-time farmer but also an entrepreneur. Former Liberal MP Adam Vaughn is here and Laura Babcock from Power Group Communications and also host of The O Show. You know what? Let's start with dessert. We'll just turn it all upside down. I always like having a fun topic at the end, but let's start with it. And Pavan, I'm going to start with you on this because you're always very thoughtful when it comes to sort of, you know, how people get around and uh, how cities relate to each other. So this this is all about the idea of a maglev line that would serve Toronto and a bunch of cities in Canada and the U.S. on the East Coast, and it would probably make it possible for us to cancel 600 short-haul flights every single day, and you could get from Toronto to Montreal in an hour. You in? <laughs> bring it on, bring it on. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, it's it's heartbreaking that it takes more than an hour to take a train in currently from Burlington into Toronto. So yeah, I'm all for it. I, I'm certainly ex- especially concerned with just Southern Ontario, but connecting to those other major centers, it's brilliant. And uh, I, I can't wait. But of course, uh, you know, we've heard these promises of high speed trains for yeah. how long now? Yeah, this is a bit of a fantasy, I think. But Laura Babcock, I could come and see you in Hamilton in a matter of minutes. We could go to a game by the rock. Yeah, and we've got to do that lunch we've been working on for a decade. (laughs) (laughs) You know what, John? uh, I love this. I'm one of those people who has a a partner who takes the GO train every single day into Toronto and back, and I hear about it every single night. Uh, It's ridiculous how long it takes. And when you go to other places, as I had the the privilege to do this summer, that has faster trains, you just think, like, what on earth are we doing here? It's such a dense population. There's so much movement in and out of the GTA every single day for commerce and for jobs. Like, let's speed this up. Here, here. Yeah, and Adam Vaughn, I know that this was cooked up more as a fantasy than anything else. But at the same time, I think we have to get pretty committed. We have to be sort of Manhattan Project when it comes to modern travel. Yeah, look, look at. I mean, one of the nicest parts of being an MP was was the Friday train ride home to Toronto. It almost took as much time as the airport when you factor in getting there two hours early, getting through customs, Air Canada delays in the wintertime, dot, dot, dot. Door to door, the train was just about as quick from Ottawa to Toronto, and it could be so much faster if it had priority. So I'm all in. Okay, but one last note on on Ottawa, and people will only know this if they've traveled by train to Ottawa. The biggest mistake they ever made was taking the train out of the downtown train station across the street from the House of Commons. Absolutely. Okay. Listen, let's talk about um, the business case, if there is one to be said, uh, for moving the Science Centre to Ontario Place. Adam, I'll start with you on this one. They're going to make the case today. So it's a spa and a science museum, apparently. Look, there's a bit of a myth about the Science Centre being a community centre. I realize it has free access to some of the schools that are nearby, but it closes at four o'clock and it costs 40 bucks to get in. That's not a community centre. That's an attraction. I have no problem with moving the high-tech park down to Ontario Place. I wrote an editorial a few months back suggesting that the Science Centre, the building is beautiful. It has to be protected. Turn it into a natural science center, make it an indigenous learning center and teach everybody who comes to this country about the importance of our rivers and our ravines and and, and, and what the forests mean to the history of this country through an indigenous teachings and have a natural science center and make it free to the neighborhood and get kids in those buildings around Flemington Park, down to the river, get mud on their feet, teach them how to canoe and send them down down to the lake and past the brickworks. I think there's a, a real opportunity here to dream a better kind of science, which is a natural science. And, and as we tackle climate change, I think it's a, it's a, an idea that allows us to win, win, win all the way around. That's quite the pitch. Laura, what do you think? Hmm. 
I can't wait to see what this business case is, but I'm even more interested in seeing what the Auditor General's cost of, you know, value for money cases on this. The Ontario Place deal is so controversial because in a time when we have food banks exploding, like record numbers, and we have record numbers of homelessness, and we have record numbers of lack of affordable housing and all kinds of other signs of deep poverty, especially coming into the winter, John, the idea that we are going to be spending a half a billion dollars on a parking garage, the idea that we are, you know, moving these resources around and, and putting up fences and cutting down trees. Like, what on earth is the priority here for this government? So I'm looking forward to seeing the business case. Does it make sense? Uh, or is this driven by some sort of other interests? And, and we need to get to the bottom of it as Ontarians. Okay, Pavan, your thoughts? Yeah, well, you know, I'm I'm all for taking down the old science center because I, you know, it's it, we, we all have fond memories. If you grew up in Ontario, of the uh, you know the static ball and having seen somebody's hair go straight up and all the rest of it, but it's de- it's definitely past code, and you know, uh, the encouraging science and the application of it is absolutely critical. But I, I do think that you know the the, the real reason they're moving this thing down to the Ontario place is just to take the edge off of the entire private sector element of it, and I think exactly. it's. A, you know, I think it's a, it's, it's it's tantamount to to child abuse to force kids to sit in orange buses in what will be traffic for a very long time uh, to to get to this center in the downtown. I think I think it's a complete mistake, and that it, that instead we should be not only building and one new science center, uh, uh, you know, up at the up in the north of Toronto or on the 407, where where all the kids from all the regions can get to it. But we need to reimagine, you know, beyond uh, you know what we're doing exactly with the science center. We have to inspire kids to apply science to their future lives. And I, I'd rather see 20 science centers built across Ontario and not in a downtown. But look, at I'm, I'm not going to argue with Laura that, that homelessness is the city's biggest issue. And, and, and all governments need to, to step up and, and end homelessness, not just manage it. And one of the bigger disappointments in today this week's announcement was that they're going to build more shelters. We don't need more shelters. We need more housing. We need to convert our shelters into supportive housing. And, and that conversation is not being had at any order of government. But on, on the Science Centre issue, look, at the, the, the pods are falling into the water. The, the, the sinosphere leaks. It's, it's, it's all parking lot down there. Someone's going to have to spend some money somewhere to, to shore that thing up. It's eroding and falling into the lake. There's rebar in the beach. There's some problems down there. Getting the private sector to fix it is a better solution than putting public dollars into it. And if you have public dollars, I agree with Laura, spend it on housing, not on the Science Centre. So I, I'm not as vexed about that issue. Homelessness is the issue. And homelessness has got to be finished and ended by this city. And that's going to take a focus not on the Science Centre, but on housing, housing, housing. And that's what's missing in this week's accord. And that's where the federal government really has to step up and lead as well. It has to direct Ottawa, Queens Park and Toronto to solve this problem. And it's not just here, it's right across the country. Okay, well, I want to pursue this for just one more second. And Adam, when you say private sector, let the private sector look after Ontario Place, what would be what would be the attraction for the private sector? Well, I, look, look at I think you've got to find a way to reanimate the pause, but you've got to rebuild the foundations. They literally are sinking into the lake. You've got to fortify the, the, the man-made island. It's it's eroding. It's you just go down there and you'll see it when it floods. You know, I used to sail a lot, and Ontario Place is not what it used to be. Even the dock space was 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 is choked off in the stagnant water. So Ontario Place needs to be fixed. There's no question about that. But if you've got public dollars to fix it, those public dollars are not being spent 
spent on housing. Those public dollars are not being spent on solving the homelessness crisis. They're not building the LRT along Queensky East. They're not making the investments in building a stronger city. So I'm not entirely, and I, I, I you know, I, I know my former constituents will be furious when I say this. I think there needs to be some sort of investment from the private sector to fix Ontario Place and to animate it and to get the programming running again. If that means moving a water park indoors 24, you know, 12 months a year, so be it. But I think the real issue here is that the priority of government is not to spend hundreds of millions of dollars on Ontario Place. It's to spend hundreds of millions of dollars on ending homelessness. That would be better for the city, better for the people of the city. And and I think at the end of the day, something which we could all be much more proud of. Uh, may I say just one quick second? Yeah. Uh, I just want to, I mean, I, I just put out an op-ed today in the Hamilton Spectator on this because every city is facing this across Canada. Uh, we have to end the homeless crisis and it costs as much as $10 or 10 times more to have people in emergency shelters than it does in social housing to Adam's point. When it comes to Ontario Place, what Adam's talking about, getting private sector investment in programming in Ontario Place, that's one thing. A 95-year secret deal uh, with, a, with a company for, you know, this spa thing that they're building does not seem aligned with what the priorities of Ontario are right but now. You're arguing process about- now. You, you, the, that's an argument about process, and I agree. The Ford government needs to go to school and learn a better governance process. But the issue is, is, is if we have scarce federal and provincial and municipal dollars to spend on city and, and social problems, spend them on the core problems. And as you say, it's housing. Fix Adam, you and I are in violent agreement. We're all in a better space. We're in violent agreement, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Add some color, I'll say. Well, let's stick with housing then, because a uh, new poll says three out of four Canadians think higher immigration is worsening the housing crisis. Uh, Pavan, I'd say, tell me something I don't know. I don't think <laughs> we ever had the conversation about what a good immigration target is, and somehow we went from like 200,000 a year to 500,000 a year. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we've 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 what they're basically saying is we don't think it's a good idea <clears throat> to do something without a plan. And uh, and and that's exactly what the government's done. And the government has grown their their private their public sector by 52 percent uh, in that in the last eight years. And yet uh, they, they've actually found no way of absolutely organizing around this influx of Canadians. And they you know, whether it comes down to transit so that you can you can build houses in, in places where uh, land doesn't cost for. $40 million an acre, which is probably the first thing you have to do, <clears throat> or figuring out, uh, you know, what the the, the country can absorb. And, and our healthcare system, of course, is the other matter. And on top of homelessness, we are in the process of collapsing in terms of healthcare, where you can't even find a pediatrician. You can't find doctors. 50% of employees in some companies don't have a family doctor. So, uh, you know, it, it just speaks to absolutely the lack of planning. You'd yep. be amazed at how many family doctors are in the homeless system. <laughs> okay. Foreign credentialized doctors. Oh, yeah. Somehow open heart surgery in Cairo or, or, or you know, Paris is, is different than Toronto. It, we have a credentializing problem. But on, on immigration, the problem is we, is we can open the doors to immigrants faster than we can open the doors to new homes. And so it, it comes down to having, as Pavan said, a plan to get the housing built. Yeah, Laura Babcock, whenever I think about this file, I think of that uh, uh, cartoon, I think it's from Wallace and Gromit, where he's riding on top of a railway locomotive and throwing the track down in front of the locomotive as they go along. I think we're sort of improvising. We don't have a plan. 
Oh, I wish we were getting the track down in front of the locomotive, John, but I think we've run off the rails on this. And I've been highly critical of the Trudeau government, not for their immigration targets. We need them for our economy, and there's a whole host of good reasons to bring in immigration. It's the fact that there hasn't been the planning, there hasn't been the wartime effort on housing. There isn't a place, and you see people who arrive at this country ending up in our shelter system, ending up in our food banks. Uh, and it's not fair to them, and it's not fair to Canadians. What I'm concerned about, and I'm going to have an expert on this very topic on the O Show, uh, very soon is the fact that there's a narrative that is building right that old canard that blame the immigrants for your your situation we cannot let it become that it's not the fault of immigrants that there isn't the adequate shelter system or the adequate you know a housing priority and nobody wants shelters we all want affordable housing and there's not enough housing in canada so don't blame the immigrants don't turn it on them every time i post about homelessness john which i do often i get people saying well it's the immigrants fault no it isn't let's not become that country that uses that kind of terrible narrative. It's about not having governments prioritize housing. We're going to have to call it there because uh, not enough time on the clock to start another meaty topic. But thank you very much for your lively discussion. Laura Babcock, Adam Vaughn, and Pavan Brach. Catch the Roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.